This is the Kinfolk Project, a resource for the African American genealogy search. The following podcast is designed to help you with your family history quest, offering solutions to your inquiries, true and tried guidelines to shaping your tree, and answers from experts. The host, Bernie Moody's passion for genealogy started as a child, asking questions of his parents and grandparents. He has been researching earnestly since 1990 and is considered an expert in African-American genealogy by many of his peers. Now, host of the Kinfolk Project podcast, Bernie Moody. As we continue our family quest, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Kinfolk Project podcast. I'm with Barbara Barksdale, founder and president of the Friends of Midland. Uh, the caretaker of the Historical Midland Cemetery in Oberlin, Pennsylvania. And we're here to talk about African-American graveyards, what they mean in your search, and just the history of such. And, Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. So, Barbara, just just to open up, tell me a little bit about yourself and what what, what got you started in this. All right. Well, um, first of all, I live here in uh, the Harrisburg a suburbia area called Stilton, and I have been uh, born and raised in this area, and a lot of my family who have migrated to this area from the southern states uh, came up here many years ago to work, to have a better living, and therefore uh, I was now born here. My uh, life has been one of, uh, kind of, when I think about it, it's kind of fascinating because if I have to say so myself, because <laughs> my background is uh, in nursing, and then I went into teaching uh, anatomy and physics for an, a couple of years, and then uh, going into the state to work, uh, and subsequently, at the same time of working at the state, I started uh, deciding to clean up the, the grave of my grandfather, who happens to be buried at Midland Cemetery. And that was like the, I think the trajectory of my life of changing it from, uh, being that in that nursing realm to being in, uh, the person who is taking care of the deceased, those interred at, uh, Midland Cemetery. So I've been doing that for almost 29 years and I'm a volunteer and I love it. This uh-huh. is a personal quest of yours then. Yes, I have been. I felt that, you know, in cleaning up the uh, cemetery and I had my uh, my son with me at the time, I said, well, we can do this before springtime so that we can get in there and see where Grandpa is buried at. Uh, well, I ended up start. I started doing some research on the cemetery, trying to find out who the landowners were and organizing people to come up and help to get all the weeds and the trees down because it was so overgrown. It was not a, a cemetery that you could just walk in and, and browse around and, you know, just try to enjoy the area. It was a cemetery that was just full of weeds and trees and underbrush. And then I found out that uh, the, the township had actually condemned the cemetery and said that they were going to remove the bodies and, that was like, oh, God, no, don't wow. do this, you know. It, oh, so I ended up um, going on air, much like today, and saying, um, you know, we need to get this cleaned up. We don't need to have them moved, you know. It's prime land for housing and everything, but no, 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 no. You're not going to move my grandpa and all that good stuff. So fortunately, by the grace of God, um, a group of people came out 
the first year. This helped take down a lot of trees in the one uh, the beginning of the cemetery at the very corner edges of the cemetery and re- removing like a quarter acre of trees and weeds and brush. And it was a progressive thing. It was not something that I could do overnight or have my organizer or my volunteers to come up and help with it um, on a daily basis. We had, to, of course, shut down during the winter months. And so it took a number of years to get the cemetery to where it looks like, to what it looks like right now. And in the removal of these trees and weeds and brush, <laughs> it comes with like a pimple on the face. It's like, oh, my God, there's headstones and more headstones and more headstones. And it's just, oh, God, you know, of course you can't go past a headstone without reading, or at least you shouldn't. And I start asking around, well, how can we take care of the cemetery? What can we do? Especially when I start reading the headstones, I'm thinking, oh, USCT, you know, and, Oh my God, what's this man, you know, this, a person who is a veteran, got veteran after veteran, and you say, oh, it's a United States colored troop. It's not that it means COL means that they were colonel. It means that they were colored. They were fighting in the Civil War. Oh my God, over here in this corner is a Buffalo soldier. There's another one, you know? So why are these people left under the weeds and the trees and everything and not being recognized for their you know, the time as a military person for the United States. Why are they just being left in this here abandoned cemetery? So I decided to get the the VA or the Veterans Administration involved and try to get other people involved, the county level, the state level, uh, as far as the federal level, and saying, hey, we got to do something to make sure that not only my grandfather is recognized, but also all the others who are buried there, not only the veterans, but our Reverend Goodwins, like the uh, the people of the, the ministers of the First Baptist Church or the Goodwin Memorial that is named after Reverend Goodwin, you know. So what about those people? What about the Daughters of Zion and also the people that helped form the monumental AME Church and the, the slaves that I found that broke ground for that church? Why aren't these people helping to take care of their own? You know, I mean, I'm one of their own. You know? and, and, sad, and sadly, um, Barbara, what we need to do? sadly, this is universal. This problem with African American graveyards. We've been here since the beginning. The beginning of. And uh, we just and we've been buried here in separate and separate graveyards. You know, white and colored, if you will. And then we've been nearly forgotten. So this this is not unique. And you mentioned. You know, your grandfather, you mentioned soldiers who fought in the Civil War. Uh, from a personal standpoint, I have relatives there in Midland. I'm from the Harrisburg area. And uh, for years, we used to go visit Midland and see my – the one grave we did find was the grave of my uh, maternal aunt, Elizabeth Brown. And my grandfather just had a brick, and on it it said E. Brown. It's the only notation we have of her in the graveyard. And I know, as you said, you go through and there's brush, there's, there's weeds and things covering everything. And, and as you do that, you know, you're uncovering history, mm-hmm. history that could have been lost. And, and, and I just thank you for your efforts and, and what you do. Now, I, so that's Midland. I know you're doing some things on a national level as well. There's, there's a house bill you're working on. Yes, it is uh, House Bill 1179. And as you just mentioned about, you know, the segregation in death, 
you know, Midland Cemetery is an African-American cemetery, and the sister cemetery is the about a quarter of a mile down the road, which would be the, the cemetery for the whites or Caucasians. You know, um, House Bill 1179 is a bill that is uh, hopefully will be for documenting those who are interred in African-American cemeteries, whether they are known like Midland is now or those that have been abandoned, uh, forgotten, and um, just need some loving care. It has actually been titled as the African-American Burial Grounds Network Act. And its purpose is uh, to document each and every single person that is in these hollow grounds. Uh, unfortunately, over the years, as we ha- we all know, even with Midland, the documentation has not been kept uh, properly, or they were burying people and didn't note that they uh, actually buried them there. And especially when it comes to those who were enslaved at one time, they were just put in the ground and, and left. So uh, we're trying to make sure that we are truly digging to find out who these people are, not only here in Pennsylvania, but also around the country to make sure that they are um, noted so that when people are doing genealogy research like yourself or those who are maybe just doing some studies, you know, the the youth or educational um, historians can go in there and say, you know, this, this is who is buried in the cemetery and let's, you know, do a bio on them. Let's see if there's any other information we can find out about this person's life and that person, how did they, you know, affect their community or their state or their, uh, the United States, you know, for that matter. So it is an ongoing, uh, situation that we're trying to get those at the congressional level to enact this. Um, it would probably be under Parks and Rec, you know, the Department of Parks and, Right now, we need to make sure that there is a national database for the African-American burial grounds, their location, and um, making sure that we know about them. Because just like when they were doing the federal building up in New York, they were up there digging, and that's when they found out that there was a huge slave burial ground up there. And that federal building actually had to be changed just a bit so that the uh, the people that were buried there would not be um, disturbed. Now, some of the bodies have been removed, some of them have been crushed and whatever, but they have since placed a memorial up there for those people that are buried right outside the doors of that federal building. I have found some cemeteries that, and even locally, that are actually under mailboxes. They bothered, they didn't bother to move the bodies, they just, hey, nobody's looking, we're going to put a mailbox here. I have found cemeteries like Midland, again, I hate to keep referencing that, but uh, there's part of the cemetery that is actually under the road and across the street because somewhere back in the 30s they decided to place the road there, they widened the road, and you can see where they widened the road, but everybody else's house up in that area, are they never touched their, the road. Wow. The road is still very small. And then you come down the hill, you go over Midland, and all those slaves that used to be there, you know, are covered up. I have so, stories in my I, research, I, Barbara, where um, there are actually graveyards covered with water. Yes. And this is down south where they've decided to build uh, – dams and lakes and mm-hmm. sometimes they move the bodies and mm-hmm. sometimes they did not move the bodies and, and sometimes they said they moved the bodies and, and they, they never did hello we're with barbara barksdale she's the founder and president of the friends of midland uh we're talking african african-american cemeteries and the history thereof 
Barbara, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what's your contact information? Well, they can contact me by, first of all, taking a look at, uh, we're on Facebook under uh, Midland Cemetery or Friends of Midland. They can also take a look at our uh, website, which is midlandcemetery.com, and, or they can just contact me directly at mscmty at aol.com, which it says, when you break it down, it says Ms. Cemetery Lady, Okay. So uh, there's numerous ways. All you have to do is, uh, as they say, the young people say, Google me, you'll find me. And there's so much information as family researchers and family historians that that's hidden that we can find in in our in our in our African American graveyards. There is a lot of of genealogy work that needs to be done, and we're uh, obviously, but like ancestries. 23 of me and everything, everybody's uh, trying to find out more and more about their ancestors. Some of it is very good, and some of it just leads them back to the point of, oh, my God, so this is why I'm having such a hard time in my life today. But um, overall, when people are digging into their history, uh, they will find some very, very wonderful things, you know. With the, um, uh, we just had a meeting for the Pennsylvania Hollow Grounds Project here in Pennsylvania, and we're trying to take care of uh, a number of cemeteries, around 150 cemeteries around the state of Pennsylvania. And just last week, one of the things that came up was about, you know, genealogy, research, how do we uh, take care of these cemeteries, how do we document, and it all leads to, that person who, just like yourself, saying, oh, I'm going to ho- hopefully find out about my Aunt Elizabeth, or I'm going to find out my uh, the Moody's who are down maybe in the southern states, or those Moody's that you don't even know about that you went to school with. You know, so those connections, those DNA links, it's really pulling people together, and hopefully and joyfully that they're happy about who they're finding and what they're finding, and finding the good things as well as some of the things that would be negative, like uh, enslavement. But um, I, um, myself, I do a lot of genealogy work, and for the ones that I've done just, let's say, over the last couple of months, I have found people that um, in tracing their, their history back and doing, um, looking for their ancestors, I'm finding that the slave owner, and I'm finding the slave owner that lived next door that had the husband, uh, and I'm finding those moments where, oh, this is why that person became a teacher. Oh, this is how that person became, you know, involved in politics because of what their upbringing was. Or this is how this person became a writer, like uh, Thomas Morris Chester, you know. And, uh, oh, let me talk about Mary Ann Gale Tyler Dixon, who her son became a writer out in, in the West, and he wrote her story, you know. So those links, those wonderful links of um, – just that DNA, that lineage, that, well, well, this is why I am the way I am, not so much because of the way I look, but just as the, uh, mentally, I am doing a whole lot with my life because of what my ancestors did to make it happen for me today. Whether there it was great so migration or, or whatever, yes, so uh, it helped things. them to become that steel worker, that bricklayer, that uh, carpenter, that lawyer, that doctor. And in some cases, even that Indian chief, you know. Wow. We've been talking to the cemetery lady, Barbara Barksell, and I'd like you to come back again so we can talk more about genealogy, about family research, and, of course, about African-American cemeteries. I would love to come back. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. 
Thank you to our advisor, life coach, Kim Johnson of GroundsForClarity.com, Brian Sapolin, our producer. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Kinfolk Project Podcast. Join us next time. This has been the Kinfolk Project Podcast with family historian Bernie Moody. If you have questions concerning your family search, you can email Bernie at moodybernie at yahoo.com and you can also follow him on Instagram at the Kinfolk Project and on Twitter, Kinfolk Dude. Thank you, and join us again for the next episode of the Kinfolk Project Podcast. 